A very good evening to all brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Today is 22nd August 2023. It's a Tuesday class. So we'll be, as usual, commencing our physical puja. Let us gather and we shall commence our physical puja. Sadhu. 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 Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do-sa-do
南无本师释迦牟尼佛，南无本师释迦牟尼佛，南无观世音菩萨，南无观世音菩萨，南无观世音菩萨，南无阿弥陀佛，南无阿弥陀佛，南无阿弥陀佛，南无弥勒佛。南无阿弥陀佛，南无观世音菩萨，南无观世音菩萨，南无观世音菩萨，南无普贤菩萨，南无地藏王菩萨，南无地藏王菩萨，南无地藏王菩萨，南无佛菩萨，南无佛菩
Pelamani sika padang samadhyami. Okay, y'all can be seated. <coughs> then please turn to page three of the chanting book. We shall continue with our puja chanting. Padipa Puja Ganna Sarapaditena Dipena Tamadangsina Diloka Dipang Sambudang Pujayami Tamonudang Ganda Sambarayutena Dopena Hang Suganghina Pujaye Pujaniyantang Pujabhajanamutamang Vannagandagunopetang Etang Kusumasantatin Pujayami Munindasa Siripada Sarorohe Pujami Putang Kasumena Nena Punena Matena Chahotumokam Pupang Milayati Yata Idangme Kayotata Yati Vinasabawang Adivasetunobante Paniyang parikapitang anong kampang upadaya patigang atumutaman adiwasetunobante pali parikapitang anong kampang upadaya Patigan hatumutaman Adiwang setunomante Bojanang parikapitang Anukampang upadaya Patigan hatumutaman Okay, now we shall chant our puja aspiration based on our understanding of the significance of all these puja offerings. Significance of offering of light. May this offering of light to the Buddha brings forth the causes and conditions to illuminate our mind and help arise the need of clarity and understanding to dispel all darkness or ignorance therein. Significance of offering of water. May this offering of pure, clear, cold water lead us to the pure, clear Dhamma that cools and doses off the fires of all defilements within our mind. Significance of offering of incense. May our morality, virtue, and understanding shine forth far and wide, just like the fragrance of this incense which we are offering to the Blessed One, who is perfect in wisdom and virtue. 
significance or offering of fruits. May this offering of fruits remind us of the dana parami of generosity and the fruits of our karma, so that we will diligently strive on with heedfulness to attain the path and fruition soon as possible. Significance of offering of flowers. May this constant offering of flowers to the Blessed One strengthen our faith and constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body, so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate Silas, Mahdi, and Panya, leading to ultimate liberation, the bond-free Nibbana, making of overall aspiration. By the power of all these merits, born of these offerings, may our spiritual faculties of Sada, Virya, Sati, Samadhi, and Panya be further strengthened until they become balas or powers. And finally, sharing and transform marriage to all beings. May these merits be shared by all. Oh, sorry, I read again. Eh? May these merits be shared and transferred to all beings without exception, especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Okay, let us pay respect to Pajam. <coughs> Bhutang Pujayami Tamang Pujayami Sanghang Pujayami Okay, you all can be seated and we shall continue with our puja sharing. Okay, you can just relax body and mind, eh? maintain some form of attention. Then we shall, as usual, prepare for our half an hour awareness-based meditation view of the like, eh? so that you can all have your development of this awareness-based meditation, eh? half an hour. So as usual, we Remember the four support. Eh? Relax, body and mind. Then don't try to know, don't try to do anything. The second support is just maintain awareness so that you can be aware most of the time. Yeah. Then third support is to stabilize this awareness or mindfulness within. This first three support is more important uh, after you have developed the understanding of it, the stability of it, the skill to develop it, then you can move on to the fourth support, which is trust. T-R-U-S-T means you trust your nature to continue with the meditative training or movement where there is no interference from our thought process. 
the mundane mind is completely off the radar. So the last support trust is more difficult to do, but it's not required initially. You only do it later when you have developed the progress and the understanding, then it will arise naturally. When your mindfulness or sati is developed and stabilized, then this mind becomes the silent mind without thought. So this silent mind, which is the meditative mind without thought, is actually your true mind. So this is the mind that can be at the heart area. So during that time, you stay at the heart area and let it detect whatever movement or vibration around there. It can be a heartbeat or any vibration around the heart area. Uh, we call it all the bounds of life that you can detect. Uh. In fact, our whole body is full of vibration if you have the mindfulness to be aware. Uh, so initially, before you develop it, most people may not understand what awareness is or mindfulness is. But when you have developed it, stabilized it, then you will understand. But that is the mind that is completely without the thinking, without the thought process, is just aware. And that nature without thought is your true mind, your silent mind, your meditative mind. And this is the one that we need to develop it, to stabilize it, so that it can help us to develop this meditative mind to realize whatever truth that we need to realize. Yeah. And this mind, because it is without thought, it is just relaxed, maintain awareness. Then when you stabilize this, the awareness nature within, it can see things as they are. It can insight into phenomena. And it can awaken and realize the truth. It can also have the silent mind observing all the movement and activity. Then you start to develop clear comprehension or understanding of who you are, what you are, and how you function as a human being or living being. Then you also understand what is this human being all about. Yeah, the Buddha actually summarize it under the teaching as the form and mind. We have a physical form, then we have a mind trapped inside. The form is the aggregate of rupa or form. And there are two aspects. One is the physical body, the physical form. The other one is the mental form, the external form that you come to perceive through your perception aggregate of mind, then the consciousness that is trapped inside, we can break it down into four more aggregates called mind aggregates. 
To understand that is very easy. <clears throat> we just need to inquire what can our mind do. And then the aggregates will be there. The first very obvious understanding is the mind has this ability to feel whether it is hot or cold, whether that sensation of feeling is pleasant or unpleasant. So the ability to feel is a property of that mind, or we call it the consciousness, the mundane mind. So that is the first aggregate of mind. In Pali, the Buddha called it Vedana. Vedana. Then the second property of mind is the mind can also perceive when we are active and conscious while living life. We can develop all the various perceptions around the sixth sense basis. When we see something, we can perceive what we see through the senses. So it can be color, shape, or form, external objects, external phenomena. You can perceive them. Any phenomena perceivable by the mind is a phenomena. Yeah. Or we can define it as anything perceivable by the mind is a phenomena. So all of mental phenomena, you can have your perception. Even hearing, smell, taste, tactile, or thought process, thinking, thought consciousness. You can perceive them, whether it's an image or emotion. Or what we call mental formation. Uh, then your mental activity or thinking or thought process. The state of mind, we call it the mental states. And our mental intention and our mental reaction. It can be your selfishness, your greed your hatred, your envy, your jealousy, your fear, your insecurity, all these are called mind states, mental states. Yeah. So perception can perceive it, yeah. but everything that the mind can do, including all the mental activity that I described just now, the mental states, mental formation, planning, scheming, everything, even mental intention. The Buddha call it Sankara. Means our mind is capable of doing all those things. So Sankara to me is everything that the mind can do, including feeling and perception is Sankara. Yeah. And this one is what we call the content of consciousness. All the activity within there, all the movement within there, that form the consciousness and its content. So that content is Sankara. Mm. Then what else can our mind do apart from 
feeling, perception, and development of Sankara activity. It can also make us conscious. Conscious of what we see, conscious of what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we tactile feel and think. So this ability to be conscious is another aggregate. So the Buddha called it Vinyana. So the four aggregate of mind is Vedana, Sanya, Sankara, Vinyana. So Vedana is feeling. Sanya is perception. Sankara is all of your mental activity and movement, everything that your mind can do, including mental states, etc. Then the last one is Vinyana, which is the consciousness. When you are conscious, ability to be conscious. So that consciousness is actually referred to the pure con, uh, the pure consciousness, or we call it the receptacle that receives the content of consciousness. So our mind, the true mind, before the thought arises, before the aggregates of mind arise. It's actually just spacious awareness. Uh, we are just the awareness nature within is just aware. But then we need to use it to live life. So to live life, we need to know things. We need to perceive things. That's why we zoom in the area where we need to know or perceive those phenomena or things like, for example, the Buddha Rupa and other things. So when you do that, the spacious awareness, the true mind, suddenly like shrink to a small area where you perceive something. So this shrinking of the awareness, together with the input of the content of consciousness, trigger the form in mind, or what the Buddha called the second aspect of the Namarupa, or five aggregate of form in mind. He called it the thought. So this thought process, we need to be mindful of it. Then this Namarupa is the one that has mental intention that is capable of moral decision. So the law of karma can actually arise is because of this mental intention. So the Buddha always in his teaching say it is chitena or the mental intention that I call karma. So we call karma the law of moral causation. The mental intention will decide the type of karmic content, whether it's moral, immoral, or neutral. So all this, you will come to understand if you have mindfulness and awareness. Then you can understand the teaching very easily when there is mindfulness. But without mindfulness, it's not easy. So this one more or less summarized a little bit of what is it that the form and mind is going through. Then from this explanation, it's easier for those who are still quite new eh, to actually grasp 
what the teaching is. Then later on, after listening to all this, you read the Heart Sutta book, you will be able to understand. So in the Heart Sutta book, I explain the two aspects of the five aggregate of form and mind, or what the so-called uh, being is. So the first one is the first aspect as a human being. We have a physical body. We have a mind trapped inside. So the four aggregate of mind together with the physical body forms the first aspect of the five aggregate. Yeah. Then the Buddha in his first noble truth, final summary, he said, he will grabs and cling onto this five aggregate of form and mind. It will condition suffering. That's why he said, the five aggregates of grasping, the grasping aggregate, Upadana Kandas, conditioned suffering or dukkha. Then there is this second aspect of the five aggregate. As we know, the mind has four aggregate. Vedana, Sanya, Sankara, and Vinyana. Then when we input the content, the perception aggregate brings the external form that we perceive into the mind. So likewise, this mental aggregate, all the five, they are inside the consciousness and its content, or we call it namarupa. That one is also the five aggregate, the form in mind. But it is the second aspect. It is the aspect that the Buddha wants us to understand through mindfulness. So this second aspect is also five aggregate, but the form is not the physical body. The form is the external form that we bring into mind through perception. Like whatever you come to perceive through your senses. It can be a sound, a vibration, or the Buddha image, or any phenomena within nature. Even the smell, the taste, the tactile, or the mental images. Yeah. All this, when you perceive them, it enters the mind. That's how the five aggregate comes to be and become active. Yeah. So with this explanation, I think you can develop the further understanding later. Huh? You can listen to this again and develop further understanding. Then when you read the Heart Sutta book, you will develop more clarity and understanding. Hmm. Okay, now i let you meditate on your own. I will now set the timer for the half an hour awareness space meditation. So when the half an hour is up, the alarm will be triggered off and I will ring the bell three times. Upon hearing the bell, slowly, mindfully, come out of the meditation. Okay. And we will continue with our which are something. Turn to page six.
we will do the invocation to the devas so that they can also together with us partake in the Dhammasharanga. Invocation to the devas. In this universe, in their entirety, let the deities or devas come here. Let them hear the good teachings of the king of sages, which is heaven and release. Nibbana. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. Samantha Chiokawale Su Atra Gachantu Devata Saddamang Munirajas Sunantu Sakamokadang Dhammasavanan Kalo Ayang Padanta Dhammasavanan Kalo Ayang Padanta Dhammasvanan kalo ayang padanta Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa iti peso bhagava arahang sama sambuddho ija jarana sampano sugato loho Kavidu Anotaro Purisa Dhammasarati Satta Deva Manusana Buddha Bhagavati Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sandipiko akaliko ehipaseko opanaiko pajatang viditabo pinohiti supatipano bakawato saukesango Ujupati pano bakawato sao kesango. Nyaya pati pano bakawato sao kesango. Sami si pati pano bakawato sao kesango. Yadidang jatari purisa yogani atta purisa pugala esa bhagavato sao kesango 
realize parinibbana. Hmm. It is are those with compliant hearts, means if they have brought forth the gentle hearts and are not headstrong, although at one first glance it may not look like they have many good roots, gradually they will pile up merge and virtue. Eventually, after some time, beings such as these have attained the Buddha way, means they have already become Buddhas. Hmm. So here, I think the explanation is for cultivators of the way or the uh, followers of the Buddha to understand that even after those Samasa Buddha, after they have realized Parinibbana no longer around, like our Sasana, uh, it's about 2,600 years after the passing of Sakyamuni Buddha. Yeah? But the teaching is still around. Eh? The sasana is still around. Yeah? Then for those who have this, what they call gentle hearts, eh? means you are not rigid, headstrong and all those things. Although, at the first glance, it may not look like you have many good roots, but don't worry. Gradually, they will develop the progress. Means here in uh, whatever uh, English that I think Shenhua, they all through the translator, uh, translation committee, they use the word palap merits and virtue. Because gradually you will finally able to develop the merits and virtue required for you to eventually, after a period of cultivation, uh, become beings such as this. Uh, sorry, uh, beings such as this, they would have attained the Buddha way. So they have also become Samasambuddha. So have faith. Eh? All these are still possible. Then the next part of the Sutta say after the extinction of those Buddha, those who have made offering to their relics or Sharira means those who have built stupa or pagoda to contain the relics of the Buddha, so that offerings can be made to them. If you were to recall in the teachings, the Buddha always mentioned there are four objects of veneration where we must pay respect or develop veneration when we see them. So what are the four? We always have it in our chanting book. Vandami Chetiam Sabbab Sabbatanesu Patetetang Sariri Ke Datu Mahabohim Buddha Rupang Sakalang Sada. So this one is the four object of veneration that we should actually 
pay respect to or venerate them. So Vandami is to pay respect to venerate. Chetia, the first one, Chetia, is after the passing away of enlightened beings or great beings. Most people, if they have the understanding, they will start the what they call project to help build the stupa, to house the relics. Yeah, these are very special, what they call uh, relics. All these are spiritual wisdom energy relics, born of cultivators of the way who have developed the enlightenment and the understanding. So when they are alive as a living being, as a human being, like any cultivator of the way, just like we all animators or cultivators of the way. Our physical body, they are all the time together with our mind in perfect harmony and synchrony and able us to develop the cultivation to live life and to make use of it to do whatever work that we need to do while we are in this existential world. So as we grew up from the newborn until we become uh, maybe adults, then in between we also develop the cultivation then as we progress in our cultivation, we will develop some form of awakening. Then when we develop those awakening and wisdom, our nature becomes different. Our inner nature, especially those who do the bodhisattva way, they cultivate the bodhisattva way, then they are able to develop the cultivation until they realize their true mind, locate their gateway, then connect to their gateway. Then this nature become different, transform itself. And because of this wisdom, virtue, and all the wholesomeness that this form and mind has actually realize, then it will develop into pure energy, that wisdom energy. Throughout the day and night, while they are using this form and mind, this energy is inside them. And because of that, the physical part, they will become like very different, so that when that being passes away, yeah, or we call, they use the word enter nirvana. Yeah, actually, it's another way of describing the parinibbana. When they realize nibbana, means towards the final stage, when they decide to leave this existential world, 
then they will go into cessation. Then after that, the form and mind cannot come out again and become a living being again. Because Parinibbana is the ending of the uh, being or cultivator who has developed the realization and awakening. So when you develop the enlightenment and the awakening, if you are not supposed to realize the Parinibbana, then you will realize Nibbana. When you realize Nibbana, sometimes a glimpse enough, good enough, then the sainthood way is possible. Then for those who go the higher training, the Bodhisattva, those who uh, walk the Bodhisattva way or cultivate the Bodhisattva way, they will realize the more uh, prolonged and more stable type of realization of Nibbana. For that type of beings, when they realize Nibbana, there is not time for them to go Parinibbana. So what happened is that cessation will happen for a specific period of time. When they come out, actually they cannot decide. That nature will decide. Then when they come out, the form and mind is like come into existence again. So actually the realization of Nibbana is a realization of the cessation of form and mind. I still remember when it happened during the early years, especially after 1989. The mind that realized Nibbana completely ceased. Even the pure awareness also no more. Completely ceased. Then you cannot talk about it. You cannot describe it. But the being that goes in will understand how it happened. How all this are possible. The causes in the nation for it to arise and manifest and how the cessation happened. Uh, when it happened, then how finally when it come out, yeah, at the moment when it come out, it's like showing to you how life comes to be. How the form and mind actually arise from that nature. Yeah. Because when we are born into this world as a fetus or a newborn uh, fetus. That time, you you don't know anything. You you got no knowledge, nothing. We are chemically uh, conditioned. Then the rebirth consciousness, then the sperm and the ova, they develop. So during that time, you cannot see, you cannot understand. Where you are not in the position to understand. But as you grow up, develop the cultivation, realize the enlightenment, then go through this Nibbana experience. Then when you have the parami to develop the understanding, when you come out of this cessation, it is the most beautiful. That's why at that time, you can see how your nature 
from that nature, the first thing to come out is the pure awareness. Yeah. The pure awareness. Yeah. Then after that, the three areas of consciousness, they will come back to you. Then they will split. One will stay at the heart area. Then the other one goes to the brain. I remember the brain there. Then the other one is the tantian there. Then it starts to animate the form and mind into a living being. Yeah. So I remember at the brain there. Before it starts, the whole brain like dead. No activity, nothing one. But you are not dead. There is no breathing, nothing. No heartbeat, nothing. It's like a dead man, except there is warm. It doesn't become like the dead body, very cold, very still, and all this. No. Then what happens is, when this, what they call life force, come back, then it animates it into a living being, then the three area of consciousness split. Then the first arising of that consciousness is very beautiful. The whole brain, like a dynamo, starts to operate again. You can see zoom, like then that, that sankara activity, the noise. But initially it's very like slow motion for you to see. Then how the senses receive sense data, also you will see. Uh, you, you become like very different. You completely transform until the, the awareness nature, the, the awareness stability, the mindfulness inside is so stable, so clear. It can observe and see all this. Then how when the sense data slowly coming in, Actually, it's not really slow, but because of your mindfulness, you see it like it's slow, like in slow motion for you to see. But actually, everything is just the way it is. But because your mindfulness is so stable, it has this ability that it will like know everything is going to start really. Then you can see how you function as a human being. But it's just some of our things. How the sense data together with the mind upon contact, how consciousness arises. And when the consciousness arises, how the brain, the memory starts to want to input the content and all those things. Then initially it's like the process is slow down, slow motion for you to see, for you to understand. Uh, I remember that time I was in Cameron Highlands, Sampo Temple, and I was Coming down after the five days retreat, I went into the cessation. Then when I came out, I was completely still, completely different, transformed. <laughs> then I remember I didn't talk. I completely, that nature, don't want to talk. Then yeah. there is a lot of understanding, a lot of joy, a lot of radiant, small, and matter. But equanimous nature inside there, very beautiful. Then all the 
sensitive how they come in. I remember I was on a bus coming down. We all went up with a bus. I was sitting in front. Then the sensitive come. Then you know from there on the senses how it functions, how it operates. That's why I saw the whole thing. With mindfulness, this is possible. You can see clearly how you function as a human being, how the Paticca Samupada come to be, how you actually finally become a living being again, or in our case, it's a human being. That's how we come back to life, to existence. So all these are possible. But later on, when your so-called uh, uh, karmic life force and all the other what they call condition already said like you need to go you have to go to Parinibbana after that uh, that one is the final cessation for that form and mind once you go through that Parinibbana, it just ceases. Then the whole nature gone, no more. But that being, because of that awakening, enlightenment, and all things, and the pure energy that is with that form and mind for so many years, depending on how many years of enlightenment, and all things, it will transform the bones and all those uh, whatever crystal inside to become relics, relics. Yeah. That's why when they cremate this physical body, yeah, if you know how to do it, don't overburn it or whatever, then you will be able to actually uh, collect, I use the word collect, huh, from the ash that they go through the cremation. A lot of relics inside there. Yeah. And this is what the Buddha calls Saririka. Oh, sorry, Sarira. Sarira. Or we call it relics. Mm. So in the Pali chanting, we chant Vandami Chetiang Sabbam in Chetia. And Saririka. Yeah. Datu, Maha Bohim, yeah. means the Bohi tree. Yeah. Buddha Rupang, Sakalansada, and also the Buddha Rupang. So these four objects of veneration yeah. the Chetia, the relics, the Bohi tree, and lastly is uh, this. Uh, uh, just as I mentioned, what is the idea? I go through again. Vandami Chetia Sabam Sabatani Su Patitetang Saririke Relics Datu Mahabohi ah, Buddha image. The last one is Buddha Rupang Sakalangsada. Wherever you see these four objects of veneration, if you are a cultivator with the understanding, you will pay respect, develop the veneration to recall to mind the Buddha's wisdom, 
virtue and great teachings. Yeah. And all these four objects of veneration can bring forth the faith. Yeah. Then can also support you to develop the spiritual faculty of sadhavirya, sati, samadhi, and panya. That's why they are very beautiful. Then the energy that emit from the chetia or the relics, this wisdom energy, you are the cultivator of the way. They are ever radiating for the cultivator of the way. That's why they are nature. They are still there. So those who have affinity, you can draw from it. You can actually receive all this. Yeah. But when they are around with the form and mind, it's the nature together with the form and mind that has the vibration inside there at that time. That force is different. It's very, very much more potent. That one, when you are around them, that's why during the Buddha's time, a lot of the disciples cultivated the way who have affinity, they can actually feel his energy, his vibration, his nature, everything. So you will draw. The ability to draw, how much you draw, depends on your cultivation. If your cultivation is limited, there is not much you can draw. But this nature is very strange. The more people draw, living being draw, cultivated the way draw, it never gets depleted. It becomes stronger and stronger, especially when they are sharing the Dhamma when they are radiating all this, what they call uh, virtue, or what they call beautiful mind state. Yeah. Wherever they go, all this, they will radiate. Yeah. Because this is not only their nature, this, they come as a physical being. In that case, it's a Samasambuddha. So that so-called relics within the physical is very different. That's why they actually come out with all this understanding for people to like Make use of it to develop the faith, the cultivation, and to draw support for your cultivation. So these are the uh, I should call it. Uh, these are explained and taught by the Buddha uh, during his time. As I in this sutta is also mentioned. Eh? We go back to the sutta, you know. Eh? I read on, then you will develop the understanding. You see, it's mentioned even after the extinction of those Samasa Buddha, after they have realized Parinibbana. Those who have made offerings to the relics. That's why whenever you go spiritual tree, when you travel even Sambo temple, 
there are a lot of relics up there. Yeah. Then the great beings, nature, they are all there. Yeah. Then I remember in the early years, that time, uh, yeah, when that thing happened to me. Before that, that abbot, uh, that abbot, I think the third one, or I think if I'm not wrong, it's the third one. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Very strange. When I was there, developing the retreat five days he like can sense my nature too and he full of joy he always smiled to me uh, then when i was at the hilltop there remember where i took your armor from the kitchen at the back go up to the hilltop there where we do the reflection and all those things and uh, contemplation and all things at that time when i was there the new buildings just all not there yet. It was just a very old building, and very few people like to go there. But my nature was so strange when I was going through that transformation. I went up there. I was radiating metta, then developing the contemplation, then meditating. He was actually at the almost the top floor there, though. yeah. I think he saw, he can feel, he came out, he looked at me, you know, and he smiled, then I read it back, then I also rejoiced and smiled. Then after that, when I came down, on the way down, I met him. You know. Then he smiled to me, and I pay respect. Then he asked, you, know, you interested or not, he said to go up and see the relics. I was full of surprise. I said, what relics is it? Up there is it. His teacher one is it. Yeah. Then later on, his one also, the relic also there. Then the one after him also, they kept there. So now they enshrine it onto the two stupa in front of the Sampo temple. You remember when they built that one? we were given the opportunity to make offering. Actually, the power of it come from our offering. Uh, so it so happened we were there, then Teng Siong Su Fu told us, then we said, yeah, we will raise the money. And we use Kayamita's money and make offerings. Uh, and that one was the most beautiful. That's why at that time I rejoiced. That's why the Kayamita force at that time was different. So not only every retreat we go there, we pay respect and others, they may make offering. Then we contributed towards the project, the building of that stupa, the enshrining of the relics and all those things. It seems from the top floor where they have all those relics, I think they uh, somehow uh, transfer it down. Yeah. So these are the conditions that arise. That's why our affinity with Sampo Temple is very unique, very special. And even last year, August, the special invitation for us to have a silent retreat limited to 20 yogi was also a very special one because they don't allow anybody to have retreat up there at that time. So because of our affinity and support and condition, 
the Tangjia allow us to have it. Also, they want to know how it will be like because the COVID still around at that time. So our day retreat was relatively very successful. That's yeah, why it gave them faith, and we did it very well. Yeah. Then after that, this year, at first we didn't know whether there will be any or not. But somehow, we were lucky. We were told, uh, if you want to have it, let them have the date, then they will try to confirm it. So I think last month, we submitted the date, end of October, yeah, the second half of October this year. And they approved it. Yeah. That's why we were full of joy. Yeah. And because of that, we are going to have our this retreat. And this retreat is very beautiful, very important. And for those who can yeah, have the condition, to make it, you better come. Yeah. And a lot of things can happen. Yeah. You have the faith, the sincerity, then you develop the diligence, the perseverance to just cultivate and develop the progress. Yeah. A lot of things will happen. Yeah. So this is just uh, to let Kayamita know yeah, that the way the Kayamita Fund has been tailored since the beginning when I decided to come out to share in the year 2004 until now, it has actually contributed a lot to help develop the Kayamita Force for Kayamitas to progress along the path of Dhamma and develop a lot of wholesomeness. Mm. Okay, we go back to the sharing. Eh? We have to uh, speed up a bit, otherwise, well, almost 9.40 already. Okay, uh, okay, I will read on. So I will go through this statement again of the Sutta, then you understand. After the extinction of those Samasa Buddha, those who have made offerings to the Sharira, or relics. Yeah. So we actually make offerings. Yeah. Of course, during the spiritual trip, we also make offerings. Yeah. And we also chant at a lot of stupa area, wherever there is this relics. Most of the stupa or chetia where you visit, there are relics down there, even in China, where we went for the spiritual trip. A lot of stupa, yeah. and we chant the Vandami, Chaiti, and Sabam, and all those things. Yeah. Then we sometimes also chant the Heart Sutta, yeah. the great compassion mantra, and all those things. So, all these are very wholesome, very uh, joyful, meaningful. Mm. So if you have condition and opportunity to make offering and pay your respect to all these relics, stupa, of course Buddha Rupa everywhere you have in our shrine or what, or in all the temples, we also have our veneration or respect. Then the Bohi tree, uh, because it's to recall to mind how it helped our original means 
to realize enlightenment of the Samasa Buddhahood underneath there. Yeah. So these are the four objects of veneration that we should pay veneration or respect. Mm. So I read the whole thing again. After the extinction of all those Samasa Buddha, those who have made offerings to the relics, those who have built, uh, we contribute to build the Chetia, the Stupa, huh? and the Pagoda to contain the relics of the Buddha so that the offering can be made to them. Yeah. Then there are a lot of Buddhists who have built millions of kinds, various kinds of stupas. Stupa to hold the relics of the Buddha. Well, this one is very high. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned here, yeah, should be 13 story high. But it can be a miniature, not necessarily the actual size. I think the Sambao Si one is a miniature. Hmm. Stupa for Pajeka Buddha should be fine, story high. Uh, this one they got uh, the different type of recommended uh, story high. Huh? Uh, and Stupa of those of the fourth stage of sainthood or Arantashit should be four story. Then stupa or uh, third stage arahat or anagami should be three story. Then sakadagami two story, and sotapana shape one story. Uh, so this one is their guideline uh, from Xianhua. Uh. Then I read on. What are the stupa make out of? So they can be make out of all this what they call uh, metal which are very rare very uh, unique and special because this stupa when they have this type of material especially gold or silver uh, or of crystal model of pearl canelia rose quartz Lapis, Lazuli, and other gems. Clear, pure, and most ornate. Work to grace means very fine craftsmanship. The stupa means the gems are intertwined and hang in chain around the top of the stupa. So normally they enshrine it and bait it and all things. So more important is for your understanding. All this stupa or even the Buddha Rupang, the reason why we have it in this type of uh, metal or crystal is because this type of metal and crystal, they can retain that pure energy within the vicinity of that stupa. The, Great beings, nature's energy, their relics, and all this. So all this can retain their vibration and energy. That's why in the temple, if you have the Buddha Rupang, if you have all the devotee doing the chanting, the meditation, the respect, everything, because of the crystal, they will be able to store those energy and 
most of this uh, rupang uh, or stupa, they have their own energy. Uh, but the most common one is, of course, the Buddha rupang, uh, the Buddha images, uh, especially the big ones. Uh, even the one in SJBH. Uh, uh, that I, I went there, I can feel the energy inside also very strong. But mostly, uh, the other type of energy, uh, the faith and the, what they call thought-based energy. But there are also some quite fine vibration too. But the stupa one is different. The stupa one is the energy are very fine. It's our wisdom energy the nature's energy, and they are very different. Uh, then, of course, wherever we have our sharing, even at my house, the stupa came by themselves. Uh, all these uh, so-called uh, the great beings, stupa or uh, not stupa, energy, uh, they came by themselves. Uh, they were offered to me and at the house. Then, there is also this, what they call, a uh, very tiny stupa. Uh, not really stupa. It, it, it looks like a chitia. Uh, chitia. I think they, you can buy it. On, uh, so also people offer to me. Uh, then they also offer to me some of the so-called relics. Uh, uh, so I just put it on the altar there. And because our Tuesday class, uh, and whenever Kaimita come, when we have our session, our sharing, all. so all this actually build up. So that's why when you come to my house, you meditate is different. And a lot of Kaimita told me, the very difficult. When I do it at home, I cannot, I cannot get that type of condition. But here, very easy to settle down. You sit on here, you become like very different. Then you settle down, and the nature coming yeah. and they can meditate very well when they are here yeah. so all these are because of causes and conditions when you understand all these are possible okay so now we go back to the notes i had to stop here already almost 9 50 already okay i read a bit more one more paragraph then we finish or should there be those who have built temples out of stone. So no need crystal also can. Your faith, your sincerity. So this one is also very important. Even if you build it out of stone or chandana or aloe wood or veneer or other timber or basic bricks, clay and the like. Or those who in the parent ways miss a poor area. Uh, where they can't find uh, much of this building material, they have piled up earth into a Buddha shrine. Or even children who have, they have piled up sand to make a stupa. All people such as this, they will have the causes and condition to finally realize the Buddha way. So all of these different kind of people, they all have accumulated a vast amount of merits and virtue. Uh, 
and they are all in future, they can become Samasambuddha. So you look at the parami yeah, yeah, of those who have the consciousness condition to be a part of all this. Yeah. So this is the sutta that explain all this. That's why the four objects of veneration, especially the chetia uh, or the stupa and the relics inside there. Uh, of course, the Buddha Rupang also, it has its significance and all this thing. Uh, but most Buddha Rupang is because that crystal, they put the Rupang there, that is a place of worship, a place of spiritual activity where they have their like our normal temple, they have their Sunday class, their Dhamma talk, their meditation retreat, or whatever. Yeah. Then their katina, or whatever, the activity. Yeah. But that one is mostly uh, uh, the faith energy and the, what they call, thought-based cultivation energy. But of course, off and on, you will have cultivated the way who go there and pay respect. So their wisdom energy also will go in, their nature's energy also will go in. So they collect over years, long period. Then yeah. those who have the sensitivity of mindfulness and awareness to feel it, they can feel it. And they are very strong, very strong. Mm. So this will cover... Yeah, that part of the sutta dealing with the four objects of veneration. Yeah? Mainly in this particular case is the relics and the stupa, yeah? or we call it the jadia yeah? in Pali terms. Yeah? And in China, we sometimes call it the pagoda. Okay, so with this, we will end. Huh? I mark this page. Yeah? We are at page 470. So now we will break for toilet break, three minutes. We will come back uh, 4.57. Now is, oh sorry, 9.57. Now is 9.54. Okay.
Okay, now we shall continue with our second session, huh? which is meditation reporting, followed by whatever question you may have, huh? Q&A session, question and answer session. So the question can be anything related to the meditation or the teaching or how to apply this teaching so that you can develop the understanding of life, huh? uh, Dhamma in daily life. Huh? Okay. Uh, online there are six of them, right? Alicia, Andrea, uh, Manuel, PG, Pocheng, uh, and the host. Right? And here, physical class, we have Elsie, Huirong, uh, my wife, Pocheng, Jinhao, Paulian, Chupolian. So we also have including me seven. So anybody wants to come in and report the meditation, you can just come in. Or those physically present, you can raise your hand. We will pass you the mic. Anybody? The last time was Manyuan, the sharing, I remember. So Manyuan, can you nominate somebody again? I have radio. Yeah, yes. Uh, can we request... Ah, Chupolian. Ah. Wow, you're a good friend, huh, Chupolian. Uh, Manyan like you. Huh? <laughs> uh, good evening, brother and yeah. Maybe I just share. Um, brother, you always say, uh, uh, as long as you are not enlightened, uh, or your virtue or your thought are, um, how to say, uh, <laughs> not pure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You do, yeah, any merit, yeah. you do any yeah, yeah, good yeah. deed also behind. Miss tinted, not to say uh -huh. don't have God, but tinted, miss not pure merit. So to the enlightened being like Bohidama and all those things, when they talk about merits, they talk about two merits, mean pure merits, born of the enlightened uh, being who have the understanding. Means no more uh, tinted merits that has the subtle greed, hatred, delusion behind. Mm. So what is your question? Yeah. So uh, actually, Brother, before I learned Buddhism, uh, we actually, uh, how we say, uh, this, this things like um, 
Hokkien call be cut uh, or yeah. Cantonese call um, tai uh, uh. many times I am not aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can understand recently I talked to a Christian friend. So uh, uh, <laughs> we always believe generally we are good people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I told him, I said we are actually <laughs> talking about something like this. Uh, he said, oh, I'm a good person. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we don't kill, we don't, you know, generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. They also keep their commandments. Uh, <laughs> and... So I say, actually, you know, the tiny one, uh, when I say Taita, all these things, uh, ill view <laughs> is not really very tiny yet in Buddhism. Uh, I say these are generally people not aware. Yeah, not aware. Yeah, yeah. These are gross defilement yeah. already. Yeah. But Many you you already po song <laughs> yeah, there's this aversion inside this line already yeah. and all this thing. Just like Roger say the is the parent is in the neighbor children's all working very well, very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Uh, just an example. Mm. So a few years back uh, I talked to a Christian lady. Uh, so I told her about this uh ill view and aversion. Uh, but to my surprise, uh, she said uh she always, when she heard of somebody, any good thing happened uh, to them, uh, she always uh, cherished for them, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like this, we say, Sabi. Yeah, they rejoice. They uh, also rejoice. She, rejoice. Uh, uh, she say, by nature. Mm. So I, uh, that's when I say, of course, it's a yoga friends many years mm, ago. So I say, mm. oh, wow, very good people, even <laughs> here to Buddhism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah, nature, yeah. it is. They are by nature in this. Yeah, because in the past, they have been like that before. But most of these beings, if they don't have the cultivation, they don't have the wisdom and the understanding, they are only like that because the past conditioned them to be like that. But when they live life, when they confront life, they can be affected on because inside, no wisdom. Not to say completely without wisdom. They don't have that direct seeing born of the true mind or the silent mind or the pure awareness. When you don't have that type of ability to see and awaken, the wisdom cannot go in on. So what they do are the, what they call commonly cultivated goodness that most religion teach. They will teach you to do good. Yeah. Then of course the Buddha, the Buddhist is slightly different. You say avoid all evil first. And that one very important. If you cannot avoid all evil, means whatever you do, yeah, actually no meaning. We are good according to you. The evil roots are there behind, you cannot see, uh, you are not mindful. And you don't know what constitutes evil. So that's why different teaching they teach differently. But other religion they have their strong point too. Like take for example Christianity. Yeah? They have this teaching of Jesus' love, the embodiment of Jesus' love and Jesus' great compassion. Yeah? And of course they have their own uh, Christian uh, approach to all this. Uh, they have this one they call uh, actually they have their own explanation uh, which is if you really go into it 
it's quite convincing and quite like uh, beautiful in the sense that it can really draw the devotee and make them believe and have the faith and all those things. Because they talk about, uh, of course, they have this hell, uh, uh, eternal hell. Then they also have angel. Uh, then they also have fallen angel, uh, like Lucifer and all that. And they got a lot of fallen angel and angel inside their cosmology or what they call their teaching. Then they also have this understanding of what they call the eternal hell. Uh, condemned to eternal hell. Uh, yeah, I was watching this video on Lucifer. It's quite interesting. <laughs> it's mentioned this hell are mind make like the Buddhist teaching created by the living being themselves. Yeah. So what happens is you commit a lot of this uh, evil then like they say yeah, if you don't have the faith you don't believe and how to say then you are condemned to eternal hell. So the eternal hell is they call it the hell loop. You know what is a hell loop on it seems after you die already, you're born in the hell. They believe this hell loop, you repeat your that type of life, which is evil. It's like keep on repeating, 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 repeating. You every time gonna kill and do the same mistake and all those things. And it's like eternally in hell. You suffer a lot. And they, they really have fear. That's why they dare not go down there. And it seems... Lucifer, because he wanted to rebel against the king, eh, the father eh, in the heaven. And he finally, of course, eh, he lost. Eh? Then he was like condemned to hell, eh, like a fallen angel. But the father is the God, according to that story. Eh? Very good. Eh? Make him the king of hell. He jaga all the that he said he's supposed to be like down there and do all the evil thing and punishment. He said no, he didn't do anything. He said he said all this he realized are their own we call karma, huh? Coming, yeah. it's your own doing. He said yeah, you act like that, you become evil. Then this hell look manifest and keep on repeating on oh. Until you, you got a lot of fear and all those things. You know? yeah. Then their angel also uh, like immortal one. Yeah. But sometimes certain condition they can also die on. Uh, they can also be injured on. Uh, they, they got a lot. Then they got demons, they got monsters. A lot. So they have this type of teaching and story. Then the goodness of course is they always say God have a reason for everything. Then, you, you read their Bible, the code, or like give you a lot of inspiration, a lot of faith, and all those things. Like, which, in a way, if you have faith and adopt it, that faith will manifest and actually give rise to all the goodness and all the But all these are based on what they call the belief. And as I stop based on cultivation where you awaken and all those things. So that faith actually can bring forth 
the good mind. But when you are tempted, uh, they use the word tempted. Yeah. Tempted by the evil and all those things, the demons and all things. So when you are tempted, just like the Adam and Eve, uh, the fruit that give rise to the fruit, the knowledge of good and evil, uh, the Adam's apple and all. So they got all this uh, analogy and all those things. And it's in their so-called cosmology te teaching and all those things. So if you read through that one, then you will understand why when they have the faith, when they keep their commandments, they will have the good life. Then they have the faith and believe that they will be with the kingdom of God or after they die or whatever. They will be born in heaven. They will escape the eternal hell loop and all those things. Yeah. So all this, they actually base it on their teaching to develop the faith. That's why I say the world has evolved so many of these teachings, you know, the beliefs and all those things. So it's not a question of which one is true, which one is not true. Is the question of how you understand it. If you understand it deep enough, profound enough, then you will come to understand a different aspect of existence, life, and all things. So, so far, I look at all this, then I look at the teachings of the Buddha. The Buddha said, no need to believe in anything. Heaven and hell can be experienced while you are alive in this world. You don't have to wait till you die to experience hell or whatever. It's your mind state and all those things. So it depends on the understanding. So what I'm trying to explain to you all is if you are not enlightened yet, like I always quote or mention, it's very difficult for you to develop the pure good, the pure virtue. That's why I always use this uh, code in the unique code. To have true virtue, pure virtue, you must have wisdom. Without wisdom, there is no true virtue or pure virtue. So, Whatever good or virtue that you believe you have is good according to the individual. Understand? Yeah. Because your whole entire existence or life is based on what? Your accumulated views, opinion, belief system, your conditioning. This is what molds you as an individual. So if you have not developed the awareness-based meditation to awaken, to realize the wisdom and the understanding, then you will be caught in the delusion, caught in the sakadity or wrong view that will condition you to be egoic and develop the universal greed, hatred, and delusion. And this cycle of birth and death, you cannot escape unless you can liberate from that sacredity, which is mainly self-delusion. Once you root that one out, then there is a possibility of realizing at least the first stage of sainthood. That's why the 10 factors, the first one is to break sacredity. 
self delusion. Yeah. Then after that, the next two factors, yeah, which attachment to right and ritual, yeah, will no more be there. Because once you break free from psychiatry, you know this form of mind is not you, not a permanent unchanging entity. And you will not attach and cling and craft and worry about this diarily what happened. Yeah. You go to hell or you go to you, you will not be deluded in that way. But this form of mind is not you. But it's comically conditioned out for you to come to this existential world, to live life, to cultivate, to pay back your karma, or to whatever. That if you don't take care of karma, this one, the form of mind, is subject to karma. That karma has its power over you. Then you are born of your karma, heir to your karma, conditioned and supported by your karma. And you are what you are because of your karma. So this is what the nature's law is. If you don't understand this, you will be trapped. You will be entangled. You will be caught in that loop. Yeah. Sometimes they call it the hell loop. It's like samsara, you keep on going around. But they don't believe in rebirth. <laughs> they only believe in their version of the story. Yeah? So it's not a matter of who is right or who is wrong. Ultimately, it's the individual's understanding. Yes. Like the Buddha say, we don't have to believe anything. We have the potential to realize all this understanding. The only thing you need to develop is the ability to connect back to your true mind, your silent mind. Like Hui Ning's first hallmark. Can you be in the state of no thought? Wu Nian the Jing then you are able to be in the state of no thought, means in your pure awareness, in sati, within that true nature or true mind, then you can understand the difference between the mundane mind and the true mind. Then how the mundane mind can develop the direct seeing and the awakening and the understanding of all this manifestation of the mundane mind, born of the evil roots of greed, hatred, and delusion, especially delusion, sakaradity, self-delusion, and how ignorant avijja condition all those mental activity and movement, avijja, pacha, sankara, and how you get yourself entangled. So this one can only be seen or realized through a silent nature's observation of truth, of reality, of nature, of all phenomena that arise and pass away, then through that observation, direct seeing and awakening, that wisdom that is developed can allow you to straighten your view, not to be deluded, not to be like deceived by the phenomenal world of consciousness and form not to be drawn into all this illusionary existential phenomena. So through this, you break free and realize the cessation, which is the enlightenment in the here and the now, which is beyond thought, beyond mind. So to realize that state, which is beyond thought, beyond mind, is very important. That's why this teaching is very different very ultimate, and no need to believe anything. You can investigate into it, 
you can develop the understanding of it like any human being, provided you have a guide or a teacher that has that ability to guide you and teach you. Actually, it's quite easy. That's why I like I tell you all, the last few years has been most beautiful. Not only I can do, a lot of Kamita also can do. So all these are possible. It's not that, wow, you must have your special past, special cultivation, then this life you come, only you can have the ability. No, not necessary. But one thing I did highlight is, because this is the sasana. So all of you can be born during the sasana with such condition. You are unique. You are not normal. You have your affinity, the triple gem. You have your nature. So make full use of it. This window is very beautiful. This golden window of opportunity, the sasana, where you can really develop the understanding and break free. Okay? Yeah. Understand. Yeah. Hope this will help you. Yeah. Yeah. Sadhu, right? Yeah, Sadhu, yeah. Um, talking, talking about this uh, very fine thought for those, uh, um, I also recently have this experience that um, normally some of the decisions that I make in my daily life, I can have take time to uh, make decisions. Not like, like Bratio, when you want to see children, you, when you see a children in the water, swimming pool, you jump in that type of... But I actually recently have one that I have to make decision of yes or no. Uh. So... Uh, I still, I don't know why that incident, I can aware of my thoughts. I think there are four reasons jumping out one by one and to... Oh, not bad. Huh? Huh, now more aware already. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was in Sabah itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So our trip there. Uh, oh. So uh, the first thought is not so... Uh, what I'm, I'm having a conversation about myself of what I think uh, on that spot. Uh, uh. So then I go into the second one, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, then I go into the third one. The third one frightened me. <laughs> <laughs> because the third one, I never thought I'll be that type of person. Uh, like I say, uh, we are not aware. And then the uh, third one coming out, then actually on the spot also, uh, later on, just a short while later, I reflect back and say, oh, I can have that type of thoughts. <laughs> that... Uh, not under that circumstances, it, it won't go out. I won't see that I actually have that type of tendency <laughs> on ego. Uh, then the, the last one that actually pushed me for the decision was better, better. I'm looking at the overall conditions. So I immediately make a decision. So the incident is like I can see four thoughts after one another very fast. Uh, 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 based on this, because on the spot within a few seconds, yeah, 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 you will manifest. Uh, 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 I would say, oh, uh, wow, very fast, and I still can recall the thoughts. Yeah, mm. but what did you learn from all this? I see, la, like, uh, mm. when we have certain thoughts that we thought we are very good. <laughs> uh, ego, the thing is, you know, not under circumstances. Sometimes it come up, maybe. Uh, like, like uh, in normal day, we do things actually like uh, I treat you very well. You are my mm -hmm. good friend mm -hmm. because you are something attracting me. Mm -hmm. So it's not 
so pure of life. So, so this this type of things like I treat you very well. You are my friend. All this uh, enormous yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. see, but in that incidents uh, I can see it's coming up, and then I say, yeah. wow, very yeah. It's so it's like um uh, like you have like intention, which is I call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what you have brought out is a good example. Yeah? you saw the four type of thought, which are very different, and very fast they appear. But do you realize, that's why I asked, what do you learn from it? You are still trapped in thought, and that's not. The reasoning, the analysis, which is better, and other things. The third one is frightening. as First one, not so good. Second one, then the last one, you make the decision. Do you know all these are still from your memory? Your conditioning your belief system, your whatever so-called understanding in inverted comma, understand? This is not wisdom. When you have wisdom, you don't go to the brain and think, understand? You only saw Manasikara is spontaneous from the nature it arises. So what you should understand is the moment you saw all these four thoughts, the Yoniso Manasikara should arise sabe sankara anichang sabe sankara dukkang all this thinking is impermanent they come and go no reality and because they are impermanent they bring about suffering that's why there is fear there is light and this like duality everything so how to transcend all this you must not act according to that you must act according to Dhamma way, the understanding, to understand that these are all still Sankara activity, thought, understand, with mental intention, conditioned by your egoic mind, understand, to do or not to do, understand, whereas the spontaneous one that arises is understanding. I act according to wisdom. When there is condition to act, I act. When there is no condition, just let things be. Understand? Means I arise, noble a four power factor. Right view to observe. If there are causes and conditions, apart from, of course, coming, where everything is mostly coming. But sometimes within that coming, there are causes and conditions. Where you will see the sign and you understand that when there is condition to act, I will act. Understand? But when there is no condition to act, I just let things be. Understand? Then the understanding is all this got no reality on. He know you, he know me. That's why that right duty is according to the law of karma. This form and mind is subject to karma. Understand? It has its what they call karmic entanglement. So you do your duty. Duty means what? What is appropriate? No evidence. So based on right view, you understand it's karmic. Then if there is no condition, no need to act, no need to do anything. But when there is condition, you will act. Then when there is condition to act, you act according to noble evil I mean, right view will condition the right thought, the sincere thought, the wholesome thought. If you feel you have the condition, the understanding, and you can 
health and be of use. Then you manifest. Then right thought, like your love, your compassion, your kindness, your generosity, your whatever wholesomeness or virtue. From there, you will approach and talk to them nicely. In the sana. Right speech will follow. Right action will follow. How are you? Can I help you? Are you in trouble? But nowadays, society, you must know a lot of con men around, a lot of scam around. So don't be a good-hearted fool. That's why you must have that nature to sense it, to understand that if there is condition to help, you will help. So what you are going through is a slight improvement over the old. That the old, you completely not aware. You, you just follow whatever thought that comes and have power over you, condition you into open activity. Like I say, if you were to meditate through the third way and the fourth way, you will come to understand that all these four types of what they call mind state or mental intention or uh, thought conditioning that manifest, they are all not you, understand or not. Like the third one, you say, oh, you, I can be so evil, my personality. Where goes such thing? They are dependent originating. Wrong view, condition, that fear, that evil, so-called evil, understand? And they manifest because of your karmic conditioning, understand? When you be holding on to all these things, you don't have clarity of understanding. Your unisot monaskara not there. That's why this type of thought manifests. That's why you must stabilize your sati, mindfulness, awareness. Until you go beyond just to see all this. To see all this is slight improvement. But it's still not the real sati yet. That can give rise to understanding, awakening, straightening of your view. That allow you to become different. So when you have the understanding of all this Dhamma that I explained, yeah, your condition, your affinity, that you're right, then you know how to act in the sun. You are not going to think, oh, like that, how, like that, how, or different way of acting. That is, I always tell brothers of analysis. You try to analyze. You try to reason. Uh, should I do this or should I not do this? Uh, should I help or should I not help? Uh, should I go or should I not go? That's why Krishnamurti is very wise. Is it? Wherever there is a decision uh, where you have to make a decision, uh, there is delusion, ignorance. Yeah. Because when you act, you don't reason. Understand? So this wisdom is very important. Krishnamurti phrased it very well and very nicely. He said, uh, there is choice. Uh, he used the word choice. When you have to make a decision, means a choice. Yeah? Means there is delusion, ignorance. Uh, means you cannot act based on that. I don't know what word he used really. Wherever there is choice, uh, there's, there's another word at the back. I forgot already. Yeah. You, 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 it's, it's like, if there is choice, there is ignorance. Yeah. 
But the actual word I forgot already. Last time I used to share with you all. Why must you choose? Understand now. But you all cannot accept one. Well, you say in life, uh, you must make decision, ma. Not only option, you must make decision, ma. If you don't make decision, yeah, then how? The thing, uh, you, you managed to recall? It's similar to that, but there's a word. I forgot the word. Uh, wherever the choice. Ah, never mind. Let it, let it come out one day. Uh, it is about choice. Who make choice? The deluded mind with ignorance have to decide. Understand now? We think it's just the way it is, like the Buddha say. Understand now? Condition like that, things will be like that. What is there to decide? All right, no wrong. People are just the way they are, understand now. But when we act, then after that, that decision is not a choice. You understand? Because we act according to understanding, the Dhamma way. Like we see something happen to us, then we know. There are causes and conditions behind, very likely karma. So when I know it's karma, I act, I do what I have to do. Means what? No more fear, no more worry, no more blaming people. Understand? All these are nonsense. Understand? Oh, that's why the thought will condition you. Uh, the image gone, as you know. Will condition you. Uh, to have this remorse and all those things, understand? To have all the various type of mind state, but that is not action, understand? True action is when you understand there are causes and conditions which is karma. So I do what I have to do. I need to ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. I no need to worry about that problem, understand? I no need to panic, understand? I no need to develop all the unnecessary fear, worry, anxiety, which will not help me, understand? So this is how you act, act according to wisdom. When I know there are causes and conditions behind, and most likely it's karma, where the Buddha said we are all born or karma add or karma conditions. We are what we are before karma. So if it's karmic, I do what I have to do. Need to ask for forgiveness? I ask for forgiveness. And I tell myself, this is nature. What is the reality? Condition like that, things will be like, cannot be otherwise. So I don't have to choose. Then I ask myself, what actually happened? And then, through your clarity, understanding, you reflect, you contemplate. Huh, like, let's say, take for example, yeah, disease, sickness. There is this specialist, the doctor, that do a test or biopsies or what, that confirm it's cancer or what. So the moment you hear it's cancer, you panic, you react, and become like topsy-turvy, yeah? full of fear, worry, and And this is not the way to act, understand? You have to accept the reality first. Acceptance will free you. Your mind becomes calm, composed with clarity. So, okay. If that is the case, if it's coming, in the past, I must have done something that condition all this type of 
suffering. Maybe you are also one of the bogus doctor that do all this nonsense and create fear for people. So now you become the victim. So when you understand all this, you do not react, you do not blame the doctor, you do not do anything that is foolish, that is deluded. You do what you have to do. So need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. Need to seek second opinion, seek second opinion. Need to ask around for people who have experience that recover from it to look for a better or more reliable type of doctor or specialist or professional. You do what you have to do. Then for us, Buddhist cultivator, we already know the three way to overcome all these things. First, ask for forgiveness. Then, follow the advice of the Buddha yeah, to avoid all evil. You're good. Purify the mind to develop the virtue, the cultivation. Then, invoke power of merits for causes and right, to turn around. Understand? Right? Number two step, no need already. Where you, as a Kaimita, you already have the cultivation. You have enough merits. So, you can invoke the third one. Understand? Right? Then do what you have to do. Then causes and conditions will fall into play. Then you no need to decide, hey, must operate, lah. must do this, lah. must do that. No need. Understand? <laughs> so all this is understanding. When you understand, when you have faith, you take care of karma, karma will take care of you. You will not end up with those type of specialists that want your money or whatever. In the past, you do that, you con people, you deceive people, out of money, out of greed, you act. Then now, you become the victim. You will entangle with those type of specialists and doctors. I mean, pardon me for saying that because they are professionals. <laughs> They're supposed to have ethics. But they are also black sheep in every profession. So this understanding is very important. I think I have to end. I exceeded by five minutes a day. Okay, so I just summarize. Eh? Choice is delusion. But don't get me wrong. Eh? Certain things in life, you have to make a decision based on your understanding. When you make that choice, eh, which normal worldly people still say is a choice, is your decision based on your understanding. So the decision which you make is not a choice you choose through delusion. Where you act according to wisdom, the Dhamma way. So that is the decision you make. And that is, of course, in the worldly sense, you choose to act that way. So you call that choice. To me, that is not choice. Where I make the decision not by like, uh, what, what you call, mini, mini, mini more. No, I don't do that. I base a decision on my understanding, then I act. So I act with understanding. I don't go and think and worry and make a choice. Understand? Uh, then it's like I don't know which is right, which is wrong. Uh, buy or not to buy. Go or not to go. Understand? In life, a lot of situations, living beings are caught in choice. But when you have the Dhamma, the understanding, there is no choice. That's why I say spiritual treat when I travel. We may have a program. We may decide what to do and all that. 
But as I go there, causes and condition different. I change. Understand now? I accord and flow based on understanding. So I don't make choice. You can see that point or not. That point is very difficult to break free. Your living being always say, what? How can I don't make a choice in life? I have to choose. Uh, choose who to marry. Uh, who to be with. Uh, choose to come for the Dhamma talk or not to come. You think it's a choice? Uh? When you have the understanding and the faith, you come because of the understanding and the faith. It's not a choice. You understand? Choice means you not sure. You, you try to choose. Uh, uh, like I say, many money, many more. Time uh, I put out. Uh, uh, draw a lot out. Whatever. So all those things is actually not a choice that you decide. Like last time I told you whether to be an engineer or a doctor because of my father, he want me to be a doctor. I said to be fair to him. I draw a lot. Understand? I let nature decide. Then when I draw, actually the probability are impossible. All the four I took out, all engineering now. Normally, to get, uh, I put four, four, engineering and medicine, four, four, actually eight. Then I draw four times, I just throw all inside. Normally, it's ting tong, engineering, is a, all four come out. Every time I take out engineering, put back, so take out again, engineering again, put back, take out again, engineering. Four times all engineering. That probability I remember I woke up. Very, very, very low probability of this type of happening. Uh, means one in don't know how many hundred thousand. Uh, and yet, uh, it show it to you, uh, then I straight away tell myself, no need to decide really. Because it's so clear cut. The nature show it to me. And I tell my dad, I said, I know you want me to be a doctor, but I'm destined to be an engineer. I said, that's why my father very good. He said, never mind, whatever you take, he said, engineering also good, he said. Maxon also good, he said. Whatever you like, you choose. So that's how it happened. Okay, we better end now. Let us rejoice. Huh? Sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, we share merits uh, late already. Akasata Chirpumata Deva Naga Mahitika Punyantang Anamoditwa Chirang Rakantulokasasana Itta Wata Chamehi Sampadan Punya Sampadan Sabe Deva Anamodantu Sampati Siddhiya Hitang Venya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Hitang Venya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Hitang Venya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Deo Asatukalena Sasa Sampati Hetukja Vito bawa tu loko cha, raja bawa tu damiko. Imina punyang kamina, mami bala samagamo. 
สัตตังสมากโมโอตุยาวานิวานนาปันติยาสัจจุสัจจุสัจจุโอเคยอมแค่นั้นดีรับรู้ไหมเพลย์ตลอดบุรุษก็ยินบุรุษซานตาและทุกท่านที่มีชื่อเสียงและทุกท่านที่มีชื่อเสียงและทุกท่านที่มีชื่อเสียงขอบคุณ